Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of Our Voices, Our Community. Each week, we focus on issues that are important to you and our community. We discuss an array of issues in Roanoke and the New River Valley, from social to political to economics, but also arts and culture and much more. Our goal is to merge local with state and national issues that affect our lives in Southwest Virginia. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how we honor the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. January 15th is his birthday, but we officially celebrate on Monday, January 20th. His life was dedicated to fighting the rights for the rights of African Americans and equality for all. So let's just get started. I'm Robert Jeffrey. I'll be your host. And with me today are Will Solari. Will, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Good seeing you in the news the other morning. Well, yeah, we had a great time. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Living Local, for having us as yeah, usual. Thank you, Living Local. Appreciate always the support they always give to us. Catherine Stromberg. Hello. Hi, Catherine. Well, I guess we can say Happy New Year. Can we? Happy I, I, I don't oh, yeah. know how long oh, we can yeah. say that. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe we can say for the month of January. But good seeing you. Yes. <laughs> and also, Karen Jones. Hi, Karen. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. <laughs> That New River Valley voice. <laughs> the voice of the New River Valley. Yes, that is me. I love it. Well, good. Well, let's just get started. Um, as I mentioned before, today is Dr. King's um, birthday on January 20th, uh, 15th, but we're going to celebrate on the 20th. Many of us has quoted him in a lot of his speeches. Many of us celebrate his legacy through fighting for the rights of African Americans and others. Many are continuing his legacy. We see the evidence of that through the work of the Poor People's Campaign. But it's interesting that on his birthday, the Virginia Defense League has chosen that day to hold their protest on January 20th. There will also be the MLK Day Vigil and Gun Reform Day. So let's talk about how on that day that is intended to honor Dr. King. Instead, there's two A advocates are choosing to honor a man killed by gun violence by advocating for more. So, Dr. King, who's always is one of, of course, my heroes in my life, uh, along with Malcolm X. Um, so his legacy has been um, regarding nonviolence. Mm -hmm. It's been, in, it's, it's something that I actually preach on. Um, and so, the Poor People's Campaign was one of his, I think was one of his last mm -hmm. um, legacies that he was trying to create as well. Yeah. I think he was mm -hmm. trying to do a Poor People's March. Yeah, they were before, working on that. Yeah, before he was uh, gunned down. But when you think of Dr. King, let's start that part. When you think of Dr. King, what do you think about when you mention the work he was doing? Well, you know, with Dr. King especially, I think there's a there's a, a short list of very powerful leaders who are able to not only speak to a lot of people, but also speak to them in a way that doesn't advocate violence, that doesn't uh, advocate aggression, and that is really geared towards the betterment of sometimes what looks like a group of people, but really the betterment of people in general and society in general. And I think Dr. King more than 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 most. Um, really had to work hard to to you know get to that place where um you were loving your enemies the same way as you love the people that you were fighting for and you were trying to do what was best for the world at large 
Um, and people still disagree with that. I have a friend who's a, mm-hmm. who works for UPS and his job was to figure out who's going to be open on Monday. And he was like, you would be shocked at the amount of like racist, vile crap I get when I ask people if they're going to be closed on Monday, just out of procedure, not like, Hey, do you support Martin Luther King Jr. or not? But like just nonsense from business. Why would I be closed? Why would I, you know, I don't even need to repeat yeah. any of that stuff. But again, it's, it's incredible because it, you know, it's like, uh, it was like Medicaid expansion. Mm-hmm. So many people who were fighting it, it actually helped. And it's the same thing about, I think, Dr. Luther King's message. It's just like, these are principles and values that would benefit everyone, not just a certain group of people, despite how people like well, to cut it. Well, to some people, equality is a loss. They well, feel that as a loss. Um, sure. Because they're used to um, being able to assert a certain cut above. Well, or okay. believing that they're a cut above. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, but they, I mean, but they literally do it. I mean, they go out there on the streets and do assert that all the time, like in little ways, you know, people talk about, um, microaggressions, but I think that's like, mm-hmm. you know, that's what that, like, that's that assertion that, you know, that mm-hmm. like the cut above assertion. And I mean, obviously, you know, sometimes that's being microaggressions, like sometimes are being done purposefully, I think, and sometimes maybe not purposely. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly about the term, but, um, but I think that, yeah, some people, I, I, well, I mean, for me, um, Martin Luther King Jr. Obviously, um, you know, you grow up learning about him in school, but I have to say that I think that I hope I've tried to teach my kids a little bit more honestly about, uh, you know, how he was viewed at the time, and I certainly was not exposed to that when, you know, so much growing up. And I had to learn that when I was older, that at the time he was hated and reviled and that he was Mm -hmm. not, you know, that this kind of whitewashing of his, um, legacy and how people reacted to him Mm -hmm. is, and I mean, I get it constantly all the time because of what I do. People are like, well, why aren't you more like Martin Luther King Jr.? I'm like, well, guess what? But you kind (laughs) of are. Well, so I'm not in that I don't achieve that level of like, well, um, right. But I think that, but, but there are things that people do that kind of transcends and sometimes people can't see it immediately in front of them, how it's going to affect everyone's life. Um, and I think Dr. King transcended that. And I think that anyone who works kind of in that, that same vein, trying to push things forward, nonviolently speaking truth when people don't want to hear the truth, um, is actually living his legacy. Right. So like that's, so I, I end up sending a lot of people his, um, letter from a Birmingham jail and I'm like, a lot of white people. I'm like, Hey y'all, you should read this. (laughs) And then, and, um, and his, um, to America speech. Mm -hmm. And I mean, these are really foundational things. Like it wasn't all like, I feel like if we forget, if we just remember, I have a dream and we don't remember you know, two Americas and we don't remember, um, the, you know, letter from the, what was really in the letter from Birmingham jail, which was, right. um, uh, it right. was not all happy thoughts, folks. No, it, was. <laughs> right. Right. it wasn't all like, um, Hey, I love you guys. That right. was not the tone of it. Right. So, um, I, I, I just, I regularly mm-hmm. said that to people who were telling me that my tone is wrong. I'm like, well, here, here, I have some tone from me <laughs> well, I think, I think from that, the 60s. Well, I think in that same regard, though, part of the reason that he was um, uh, 
not looked favorably on by people who consider themselves, you know, good Christians or whatever else is because, you know, when you speak truth to power and that power holds two values, right? Mm -hmm. Often in conflict. So you want to be a good Southern Christian, for example, and you want to, you know, listen to the Bible and do what the Lord tells you. And on the other hand, you have these deeply seated truths about or what you perceive to be truths that are, that are racist Mm -hmm. and that are racist in origin. Uh, and when you're Dr. King and you say, Hey, guess what the Bible says about this? Guess how we're supposed to love our neighbors and all, all the, all the, again, truth, the power part of it. Um, that was very problematic for a lot of people. Yeah. 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 I, I think, um, the thing that I take away a lot about Dr. King was he was very visionary. A lot of the things Mm -hmm. that he was saying, that a lot of people listen didn't really buy into it and and i'm not saying he was a prophet by any stretch of imagination but his ideals especially about the poor people's campaign which he was understanding that this yes there's racism involved but there's also it's an economics issue about our country and trying to explain that sometimes you I'm not saying people are dumb, <laughs> but what I'm saying is sometimes when you say some things and they don't listen, he, he decided that this is something that he needed to move forth with. And he didn't have a lot of backers, but he was visioning and understanding that the end game was that we all, especially on the economic level, that we needed to be together and supportive to, to really solve the issues. And it was more, not just race was a part of, but also the bottom line mm-hmm. was economics. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's where you get people really scared. Yeah. And that, that yeah. scared people. Cause now we're not talking about just black folks. We're talking about just black folks and white folks coming together in a coalition. And one thing that when in, even back in the civil rights movement, he had issues regarding SNCC. Um, it was mm-hmm. there was a lot of issues regarding the who was going to be in charge mm-hmm. that power base among even in the African American community, mm-hmm. um, you know, regarding with the student mm-hmm. nonviolent oh, was it student yeah student no I call it SNCC <laughs> I can't get SNCC. I don't have the acronym yeah. but regarding those issues as well and then you know uh, the the Baptist um, ministers council I mean there was a lot of issues that he had to fight to move forward his vision and what he believed what was going on. And so that's one thing I admire about him and that coalition building because he realized, you know, especially black folks alone are not going to solve or solve the issues in this country. And that was something that he, it was very prevalent. And I think even eventually, even, and I can't speak, my thoughts, eventually as as Malcolm X was, really growing and, and, and building himself, mm-hmm. he started to realize some of that, that we all have to work together to make this country better. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I think a lot, too, with Dr. King, as you speak, that coalition building piece that we, I think we do a lot today, but I think he was really kind of a catalyst for that, recognizing mm-hmm. that it doesn't come for jo- from just one person or right. one entity, but how do we collectively pull our resources to reach certain goals and things to make America better. I think Dr. King's dream, along with all the people that worked with him um, last year, I watched this documentary about Bayard Rustin and Mm -hmm. his work, and he was really kind of the force behind a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Um, How we work together, how we do that in a way that um, unites us 
versus divide, dividing us. But I think the uniting part takes much longer than we want it to, yeah. um, which is what we are still working towards today. And I think the best ways that we honor his legacy is to continue to do the good work, stand on the side of right, even when people are telling you that it's wrong. Right. I mean, I, you know, I see even today how the forces that want to block that organizing, that want to block that coalition building work. And I mean, you see it at work when we talk about just like the actual day at the Virginia Capitol, mm-hmm. right? Like what's happening at the Virginia Capitol? We're having, you know, all these men descend, you know, threatening with guns, threatening violence, threatening like their supposed Civil War 2.0 or whatever, their new bugga bigga booga booba. The new Civil War based on the Second Amendment. Yes. Is that what it is? I mean, the treasonous. <laughs> I mean, the first one went so well. Yeah. I think, you know, it worked out for him. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, um, well, but, anyways. You know, I, so, and in, in part of sort of the behind the scenes stuff that I've been doing, I've been trying to talk to people um, who are interested in having a conversation about this whole 2A thing, right? And, and sometimes it's unfair to paint all those people as right. the outlier that we see at city council with right. the Confederate flag. With that said, <laughs> why would you have this march on, on Martin day. Luther King mm-hmm. Day? Again, uh, uh, yeah. a, a leader who was, who was killed by gun violence and right. who, is a, who is a different race from you when the perception of the Second Amendment-like enthusiast and that whole crowd are that they are not people from Richmond or from Roanoke City, whether they're these backwater racist. So if, if that is the, un, let's just say it's an unfair perception, mm-hmm. if that is the unfair perception of your group, why do this? So, then? I will yeah. expl- so I agree with you completely. I will explain from their perspective, shocking everyone, why they think it's acceptable to do it on Martin Luther King Day. Oh, you? I'm going to explain. I know. Explain I know. I understand that. I have a theory, that. too. Okay. okay. Well, okay. I'm so, curious I, on this one. Right? <laughs> right. Okay. So you from the floor, their okay. perspective, from their perspective, because I've heard it many times, from their perspective... They are actually stopping gun violence. Unbelievable. So they believe that guns stop gun violence and that gun-free zones are what cause gun violence. And that if only Martin Luther King Jr. had had more guns around him, he would not be dead. Um, And, of course, Malcolm X somehow never comes into it and we never bring up, um, you know, so now, oh, now I've got an author talking point. Sorry, clearly I've diverged. But, um, no, <laughs> so, but from their perspective, you know, they want to claim the, um, I would say that they want to claim the, the more, the more radical Black Panther tradition of, you know, like the, the, that, you know, guns can be used as a tool to, you know, to oppose, uh, racist violence. Well, here, here's my thing. Um, if the bl- if they're going to use the Black Panther uh, uh, yeah. example, mm-hmm. now if they knew if there was a if Black Panthers really was recreated again, yeah, and they come in with a bunch of guns, they're going to be supportive of that. So no, that, is, is that what I'm, well, what I'm but, hearing you? Well, so, and I know I don't want you to speak for them, Kathy. Well, so, so historically, I'll tell you what will happen. Because historically, when right. 
people so, of color start arming themselves, mm-hmm. all of a sudden legislature starts kicking in. Absolutely. And, and there will be well, deterrent. Well, that was the so the, the, the city here that now say, well, we're going to follow with black men. First, first of all, there was well, not a lot of social programs. There's no social programs that I'm aware of. There, there is not. In the 2A amendment. No, there no, was they no, don't. No they free don't. food. They're the certainly community. not doing any they're outreach. Doing that. Um, <laughs> across, they're certainly not doing a lot of outreach to people across racial, out of their own racial um, group, which is overwhelmingly white. Um, You know, you'll see an occasional person who is not white, but it is overwhelmingly, you know, without fail, white and male. male. Um, You know, it's like a 90-10 sex ratio, which is not the sex ratio in nature. (laughs) Um, I think this brings up a a really (laughs) definitive point about both these examples, right? You know, Robert, you mentioned Martin Martin Luther King Jr. appearing as sort of a type of prophet, right? And, I, and again, I'm I'm not particularly religious, but I think when there is a person who is willing to die for what they believe in, um, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And that, and and I I don't know if any of you guys have been to the I think it's the Intolerance Museum in Memphis. You go through this incredible museum of basically like hate and the, the ways that people have suffered over the year. And you end this tour standing where Martin Luther King died. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy because uh, on one hand, you know, the whole story and everything. But to like to actually feel basically what it was like in those last moments to have this thing um, was extremely, extremely mm-hmm. powerful. And I think the big difference between someone like Martin Luther King and a group like this, like the like 2A enthusiast, is that. Martin Luther King is willing to die for something and there's a group of people who are willing to kill for something. And I think that is a fundamental <laughs> yeah. difference yeah. And, and, and the ways that people see the world Absolutely. and the mm-hmm. ways that you affect change. And uh, one of those, and I don't care if it's guns, I don't care if it's knives, I don't care if it's war, I don't care if what the poor yeah. purpose is. If, if you're killing people for something, you're never going to solve your problem and no one is ever going to take you seriously. Well, I, I, I hear what you, their explanation, their explanation. I will tell you what really happens. Like what really happens is then like, unless those guys who are with them, you know, the occasional black guy who shows up gets, you know, I mean, he's exposed that that person is then exposed to a lot of racism, you know, as a side thing, you know, that, that there's a lot of comments about like, oh, well, you know, gangs and there's just a lot of co- racial code words that are used and, yeah, and Chicago, just outright, the death rates and just and out, guns and- yeah, and just outright racist language. And so then, um, in, you know, urban and, you know, whatever it is that they want to use as a code word, um, gets used and then they start to, they're not capable of organizing or really like existing and, and forming that coalition because of like, you know, I'm not saying every single one of those guys is that way, but they tolerate the people who are they, to a well, great extent. And they, they, and they, and they, and I would say the majority of them are fine with the code words. Right. Because if you're part of this particular movement, um, you are okay with and you're saying with your presence and with your words that it's okay that we are pushing an agenda forward that is inherently racist, right? Because the precipice, is that a word? Precipice of yeah. the Second Amendment folks, which I just had this conversation about not hurting feelings and now I feel like <laughs> I'm about to hurt feelings. Um, but the precipice of, of being fearful 
of people taking your place. And the people taking your place and coming into power are African-Americans, Latinos, and women, right? And so if that is how you're pushing everything forward, anyone who is African-American or Latino or a woman who stands with that stands against all that is right. And so you can't bring in, you can't build a coalition to say, oh, you can't take my guns away. If really what you're saying is you can't take my guns away as a white male. Yeah. I just think that I, I'm maybe, maybe I've had too much coffee this morning and I need to cut back. But I just think the thing is asinine to me. I, I just do. <laughs> I mean, why on Martin Luther King's day? And I understand the because explanation. The, the, well, so so that's a, the explanation. I, but it, I mean, it, it's, but it's asinine. But I have and another it's, theory. It's, though. And, and it's, it's asinine because you have all the days of the year. You can pick, pick Columbus Day. I mean, it was a violent <laughs> day. <Sure. laughs> I mean, right. It's I mean, all about violence. It's all so. about violence. I mean, you can pick any other day, but this is a day that we're honoring um, not just about Just uh, not only just about a black man, but his his mission in life, and it was not just about just nonviolence, but it was other issues too. And to to besmirch is that a name? Is that a word? Besmirch. If he's going to do that, that's what upsets me. You can but uh, you can have your other's day. But again, I don't think, and this is my theory. I don't. I was in. I was flying out of. I had a gig in Pittsburgh one time. I'm flying out. They had some big rally up there because the city of Pittsburgh did a similar thing. And you, I'm sure everyone would be shocked as I'm flying out of Pittsburgh the next day, the amount of people with their, you know, second amendment shirts and all this kind of stuff are also flying out of Pittsburgh. The majority of those people who are marching on these places aren't from Richmond. Probably a lot of them aren't from Virginia. It's the same with Charlottesville. And I think one of the reasons they use Martin Luther King day is because it's a three day weekend. And they, 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 so they're uh, just lazy. Yeah, well, just getting, they, well, they don't want to lose work. They don't want to lose time at, at but work. But they're just getting busted. And in. so they yeah. just want to use but, that three day weekend. I mean, you know, I just because there are some people on the ground in Richmond, I'm sure, who who are 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 uh, you know to a advocate. But I'm I really I I think a lot of them are coming here from other places, and that's why Martin Luther King Day just happens to fit. But again, it's a it's a it's a mixed message. And if you don't want people to think that you're a racist and that you prioritize white people owning guns, especially white men owning guns, everybody else, you got an image problem, yeah, and you're yeah. making a lot of conflicting well, the decisions. Their whole, the problem with their whole movement is it's so maximalist. Like if they were there, like hey, just let us have our guns in our homes. Like don't ban any type of gun well, and let us have it in our home. Gathered. And like we're we're, we're going to keep it in our house for our self defense in the home. First, they came for our bump stocks. <laughs> Next, they came for our ARs. But it's the walking around then, with them during like on Martin Luther King Day in the Capitol that is so like looks so bad. And even they have recognized that it looks bad. Philip Van Cleve of if it Gunimals. looks bad, then why don't they do it? So here's the thing: they say, "Oh, it looks bad, but we're going to do it anyway." That's just the most stupidest thing in the world. I'm sorry, it, that doesn't make it upsets me that you that is the worst that PR bad, move that they're bad I mean, if they, if they had a public 
publicists, they need to be fired today. They because don't have it's a the it's the worst it's the worst move to make. I mean I mean I just I don't blessed, get it. I blessed with enemies who are not very savvy. I mean, I mean they're not strategic. The they're not I mean they're not strategic. I mean if they really I but I do believe that everyone, regardless of what I believe in or not, they have the right to be heard. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. I, they do have everyone, you know, whether I disagree or not, they do have the right to be heard. However, timing is important. <laughs> Perception is important. Yeah. And to do this on a day of a man who's been killed by gun violence and also the legacy of what he represents and understanding, too, in the age of um, racial tensions in the air, yeah. you still going to do you something. You double down on it. You doubling down. Well, because <laughs> they're not. It's, it's ignorance the, to me. <laughs> the work of Dr. King, the work of everyone during, before, and after the civil rights movement is not something that's important to them. Well, it's and clear. so right. <laughs> so for them to choose to do this on Martin Luther King Day doesn't really mean anything because he unfortunately they don't recognize that the importance that he played in their lives even the ability for them to do this right yeah um so it's really unimportant so but then the other piece of it because we have the gun reform advocacy on the same day it at the same time kind of makes sense why not have dueling Dueling yeah. opinions, well, you know what so I mean. Dueling opinions kind of make sense, but, but when one, on one, when when one side comes armed, it ceases to make sense, sure. right? Well, so sure. I was actually having a real impassioned um, conversation with one of our council members about this, about how you know we need that we locally need to do a better job showing up, and that people locally, not me, but that you know more people need to show up to local events and to and to city councils and to um, school boards and everything, and that the importance of that and how these two A advocates get that that they get if you show up in a big crowd, uh-huh. like the government has to notice. Now, of course, they might notice that you're very badly behaved, so they might notice that. <laughs> so you should be well behaved when you show up in a big crowd, but they do have to note it. Uh-huh. And um, you know, I think that we have to I think we have to acknowledge that some of their organizing is not is not completely wrong and that we need to do a better job organizing our coalitions and that, well, you know, and one of the problems is we need to show up in big numbers, but people are scared to show up in big numbers if they're there to oppose, you know, that happened in Charlottesville. I mean, that happened, you know, people were afraid to go. Well, I think just given the examples, um, attending the board of supervisors meetings, um, that was intimidating, Right. Kind of to be in that space when that's not a space that you're accustomed to. Um, it's a little intimidating. It's a little scary. And then knowing that they're in ways and they probably don't recognize this, but they're against everything that you stand for and yeah. are vocally you know, saying that. So when we think about organizing our coalition so that we have larger numbers, um, we have to help to let our people know is that you can't be afraid. You have to be unafraid. Right. We have to create a space to create that um, togetherness because otherwise we are isolated and atomized. Right. Well, I I guess we can definitely talk more about um, this issue, especially uh, regarding the 2A amendment. Um, But also, again, I, I just, it saddens me 
that um, all the the issues that we're talking about in today's society, um, there should be a moment of pause. To me, I, I believe that day should have been a moment of pause for us to understand what we're doing in our community. But again, frankly, this yeah. is but this again, has been that's for people who care. But I this guess. has been the playbook since 2016, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the truth is not truth. Uh, Oh, sanctuary cities now need to be gun sanctuaries. Yeah. Uh, Black lives matter need to be all lives matter, blue lives matter, mm-hmm. whatever else. It's the yeah. co-opting of things right. that yeah. help prop up and support yeah. minorities. And so I, it, it, it's sad, but it doesn't yeah. surprise me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, let's go to more sadder news. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, I hope it's not sad. No, it's not sad. This or, is the petty news. The, this, yeah. is, this is petty news. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, our general assembly is in full session. We have a democratic trifecta, <laughs> which is, um, I think, for some people, who are pretty happy. Um, but it seems though some feathers have been ruffled by the decision made by. Rodal Council um, when we moved the elections to November. Um, Senator David Suderline, am I saying his name correct? Suderline? Yes. Thank you. Has introduced a bill to limit who has voice, who has voice and who needs to be heard. Um, David Suderline, uh, he's a Republican senator out of Roanoke County, had a few complaints about the manner in which the Democrat-controlled Roanoke City Council voted in November to move his council elections from May, from May to November, an even number of years, um, that episode motivated him to file SB uh, Senate Bill eight three five, which forbids council members to appoint to fill vacancies from voting on an ordinance to move the date of the election for city council members and mayor from May to November. It's pretty a specific bill. Now, very specific. Very specific. Now, on top of that, on top of that, um, you know, it's interesting that uh, uh, Trish White Boyd, uh, a Democrat, was appointed on the council in January 2019 to complete the remainder of the term vacated by independent uh, councilman John Garland. She would have been up to run for the seat in May, and the election had not been moved to November after a push by her and Mayor Lee backed by three other Democrats on council. So she's basically saying that she, because she was appointed, that she didn't have any, she shouldn't have had any say-so in according making that decision. To according, 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 yeah, according to I mean, Senator. did she force so, John Garland to resign? I mean, and, and I'm also, so you know, there's also the pay issue as well that even though they're not, I, I believe, and I, I need to confirm it, they're not going to get, there's, they signed to get a raise, but they're not going to get That's their correct. raise. That's correct. They're You're not going correct. to get their raise. They just get their same rate to the end of their term. Correct. Uh, and, and I can say this, like, an having been there on the ground for that election with John and, and working on John's campaign, you know, he won, uh, over Trish by a very, very slim margin. Mm-hmm. And, well, she was and, declared winner at one point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And John was the one who was one of the people who pushed for her to fill his seat when he resigned. Um, because again, that well, the people there, yeah. um, it, it didn't even really need a huge vote. Uh, because again, I think John won by like 60 votes, maybe. No, I'm not sure what the number, uh, it, but it was, it was slim. 
And so it, it, it wasn't like this isn't like some shocking conspiracy where, you know, well, we're going to get this Democrat in there and then we're going to change the rules so we can. But again, that, I think I, I, I have no doubts. That's how, you know, Senator Sutherland sees that. And this is just another one of those examples of people sticking their nose in Roanoke City business who don't even live here. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't go to the county and tell them what to do right. as much as that. It's becoming like a trash hole. Like, <laughs> And I grew up in the county. and I love it. I grow back there and I'm just like, oh, my God, what has happened out here? And, you know, it, it, being at Buffalo Wild Wings and having trucks roll around the parking lot with Confederate flags in the back of them and all this kind of crap. It's just like, man, like it wasn't like that when I was growing up. And it's becoming more and more so like that. And I don't know why he needs to like unless, you know. Yeah. I mean, unless he's just, you know, feeling very threatened by the city. I, mean, um, I think this is a huge adjustment. I mean, I can, first off, I cannot believe he wasted, like, he wasted government time. I just want to point this out. He wasted government time on this nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. Yeah. All right. Somebody had to draft this bill, a, like a lawyer, because <laughs> they, 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 they tell legislative services what they want to do. And someone had to come up with language. To draft. All right. Like, these, pe- these poor people who work for legislative services, bless them. Um, like this is, this is bill. Um, like if this is Senate bill, what did you say? Eight something? Eight, three, five, eight, three, five. That means there's 835 bills on the Senate side this session. There's a thousand some, some odd bills at least. I mean, maybe there's already a thousand, but when he, when he put this in, it was, you know, eight thirty five or whatever in the queue. So there's like a thousand on the other side. So they're drafting 2000 pieces of legislation. And and he thought this was a good use of time. Sort that is of just die on. Bad. Well, and again, well, but this is just again, it's one of those things, and I, I don't get it. It's like either a lot of people are willing to die for something, a lot of people are willing to kill for something, and a lot of people are willing to kill for something. Like on the Republican side, it's it's not even about them. It doesn't affect them. It's like gay marriage. It's like any of those things where it's like <laughs> this does not affect you in any way, shape, or form. You know, and, and God bless you know Senator David for for worrying so much about our the the democracy of of the city that he doesn't live in or vote in or has anything to do with other than have an opinion about it. But again, why? I just don't understand that type of politics where I'm like, uh, uh, excuse me. Um, I'm not affected by this anyway. This has nothing to do with me and uh, I don't approve of this. So I'm again, passing legislation. I'm going to go out and March. You know, this is just another well, one of those examples. He is not passing legislation. Like, this well, is no, going to get, gonna pass, but this yeah, is this gonna gonna get a quick pocket. It'll mm-hmm. die a quick death. It'll die. Mm-hmm. He just wanted some air time, I guess. I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily understand his rationale. Um, I really like Senator Sudeline, um, but I just don't understand his his oh rationale. Gosh. You I mean, should have I seen like everybody how he but... acted at the at, when we when we presented our legislative agenda. It was ugly. It was oh, ugly. Really? He got he did that same behavior. Really, he did that petty behavior. Oh yeah, tell us what to do and lecture us about how we were doing it wrong. I mean, Sherman Lee had to kind of. You were there, don't you? Weren't you? Ooh, um... I when they, when they presented the legislative agenda and no, the I wasn't, and, oh I wasn't you weren't okay I wasn't um, so I was there and um, and so it, I mean he got a little he got oh, he was Did he? he was very um, he had that little look on his that, face that, that was just superior and like I'm gonna tell you what to do and it was I was we it was weird it was not collegial it was huh. not like government official to government official right. 
Like I've been invited here and so I'm going to be polite and well, you know, we'll make a couple jokes and we don't always agree, but we'll try to work on stuff. There was very little of that. Interesting. Well, in yeah. the meantime, and I'm well, not trying to just make this Republican versus Democrat, but in the meantime, a big round of applause for our, our, our Democratic representatives right now who are trying to prop up the ERA and, oh, and yeah. do actual Absolutely. work yeah. that helps work. a lot of people, including, uh, you know, their, their loved ones and I don't know, all the women in their lives. So I, I just, I don't, I don't, yeah, it just seems very myopic to, to, to make that argument to me. I think it could though be kind of a power play a little bit or to put something in people's minds um, because with the elections coming up and Roanoke um, tends to vote Democratic, it's a Democratic city and city council, it could be a way to kind of put in the forefront, you know, this person who I'm assuming is going to run. Yes, for city council, so. um, is running. She was appointed, but she also did these things that maybe you guys should be aware. And if you don't agree with it, come out and vote for whomever. I think whomever he, they're gonna so be trying to whistle? run. I think I he think underestimates. So, I think he severely underestimates the popularity of moving elections uh, well, <laughs> in the city. Yeah, he <laughs> true. Yeah, he I mean, really that's did. true. That's true. Yeah, I think a lot of people are gonna wake that's up true. on him. But you know, he has stated. I'm not trying to defend this man. But he stated he's not. He mentioned about the fact he's not a fan of Virginia law allowing appointments to local government, governing boards in case of vacancies, which, I mean, that's another side topic, too, as well. So, Would he consider himself a fiscal Republican, though? Because if if you're not a fan of that, somebody's going to spend money to have an election yeah, to make election. that happen. Right, yeah. right. And, you know... I mean, I believe in the power of, of the people's voice and, and, and pretty pure democracy, but also there's also things that are efficient. And when everyone agrees on them, then I think it, it, it works in everyone's favor. I mean, the yeah. fact that you, I think if you, especially given how the decision was made and that it was picked from a pool, you know, the, the people who had run previously were available to serve. Mm-hmm. And so if you pick somebody who's run previously and just come up a little short, I think it's pretty clear that that person, you know, if somebody has to resign or move on or, right. you know, heaven forbid, get sick and can't serve or dies, like, let's just pull from pull from those pool of people who didn't make it on. Right. And I think you, you, you make a pretty clear case for the legitimacy that the voters have already, you know, especially in a close election, have already vetted this person and found them to be more or less equivalent. Right. And we just need to, you know, that was, I mean, that was certainly the the best decision in my opinion. Right. It was silly to do anything else, but. Mm-hmm. Well, she will have her chance to prove it again anyway. The one thing that I do like sometimes. in the article is how they describe like her response. And she was like, she chuckled. I love a good chuckle. Yeah. I think that's good <laughs> stuff. Right. Well, I think they, I think he inadvertently, I, well, I, t- I say sometimes the, 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 uh, my opposition are inadvertent advocates for gun control. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I would say he's an, I, I would say David Sewerline is an inadvertent advocate for Trish Wright Boyd because here he is like reminding everybody in the paper, oh, oh, elections got moved. Who do you have to quote unquote blame for that now that you don't have to like mm-hmm. remember to turn out for a different set the of elections? Oh, the person is going to be running. Oh, well, oh me, heaven forbid. Let me ask this question real quick and I, I just want to get it out the way because um, especially on social media, um, there's been um, reference to Maybe this is more of a racially motivated comment. Now, um, I'm not necessarily on on board with that, but that's kind of what's been mentioned in social media. 
to be honest, I don't believe it's racially motivated either. Um, I think it's just a pure power play. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that it has, I think that part of the reason he's feeling so very petty, so very petty, is because of the racial component to the power Council, well, but of both, of both. That, that that council now has, you know, two African American members who work together. Oh no! Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, that's the well, well, the, the two that either. pushed <laughs> that pushed the election to that that chain that worked together. So they were the real push. So um, you, I apologize for my uh, my bad. But if you memory. do, if, if I wouldn't say this is necessarily. Entirely racially motivated, although I'm sure some of a Republican base in the county and whatever else are are racially motivated. I think it's um, it's fear always, right? Mm-hmm. You know, all of Virginia went Democrat mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, and, and especially Senator, you know, Suterline is is feeling that, um, and wants to demonize Republicans and wants to kind of hopefully stifle. If you if you watch where progressive cities, for example, that that do things like build greenways and put invest money into the arts and do what the city of Roanoke has been doing, begin to flourish and attract people and grow, you know, those blue areas around them start turning purple, start turning mm-hmm. bluer and gets bigger and bigger and bigger until Virginia isn't such a purple state anymore. It's going to become a blue state. And so this is one of those kind of like fear, like, Oh God, we got to do something about, uh, we can't be you right. know, out. So you know, I replaced. mean, that's, that's why I think his play is more from a political Piece I and just, not and not, necess- well, okay, so not necessarily as her being an African American woman. I cannot imagine him putting in the same bill. So the other person who was talked about very briefly a little bit um, on social media, but about who who would be the replacement was a guy who had worked for the city, Bob. Clement. Right. I just cannot imagine him putting in the same I think, bill. I think he would Bob, have. Really? Okay. hundred percent. Yeah. I think, right. that, you think so the I don't, I don't, but yeah, I think the issue is regarding appointment mm-hmm. and the, then, po- then the politi- mayor, your political yeah. leaning. Yeah. Right. Well, it's a snub um, towards so, a democratic city, which absolutely. is sort of its yeah. counter- well, Roanoke County's counterpart. Here's, right. here's my thing. And I'm looking at this. Um, I, again, I'm looking at the pros and cons of this, but you mentioned a statement about um, Suterline at the uh, legislature. Uh, well, at the at the when they were city with, the, at city the city council, council when they were presenting, presenting their the legislative agenda, agenda, yes, and his his attitude toward mm-hmm. that. You have to remember that um, the leaders, uh, Mayor Lee and Trish Whiteboard and and Anita Price, they're African Americans, and the fact that it was African Americans actually pushing this. Mm-hmm. To me, it kind of looks like, how dare you? Yeah. You, you didn't, you didn't, you went over your place. Yeah. I, yeah. You, you, you was doing your role. You didn't play your role and you went outside of your role. And now your your somebody's hands needs to be smacked, and that's my opinion. Right? I, yeah, and so I, I'm I, that's another way of looking at it because his actions, the way he you're mentioning, he was acting then, and now it's all about you need to know your role, and and especially when you had African Americans um, actually getting together and deciding, saying, you know what, we need to we have something that's important that's going to benefit the community, and we're going to push forward. 
Yeah. And if it was, you know, and I'm just throwing it out there. I, I, I think there's something about somebody some ways when you do something outside of your role, sometimes your hands get smacked and say, no, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, wow. but, you know, good news is he doesn't really have the power to. Well, he doesn't have the power, but I think there's a message when sometimes people yeah. do things like that. Well, you know, to bring it partially back around, you know, what I was saying earlier about Martin Luther King Jr. speaking, um, those kind of like truths, like, oh, you say you're a, you're a, you're a, a, a devout Christian and whatever else, but you don't treat everyone like your neighbor. You don't right. follow the teachings of the Bible or whatever. I, he might just be another example of a guy from the county who holds to truths and one of which he doesn't really isn't entirely aware of you know i think it's that power struggle but also um he was that county supervisor um a while back he was deeply problematic i sort of did a debate with him at one point um a year or two ago um but he was going on and on about how you know he threw this guy out of his store because he had this shirt on that had a had a cuss word on it and um at the same time, this is the, the guy who goes to pro-life um, rallies and, and stands outside abortion clinics with, with pictures of dead children on it. And Ooh. again, it's that which one's really more offensive and which one's really a problem. And, you know, if, if you if you find this thing offensive and whatever else, and, and I think I think Sirline's probably not too different in that in that kind of general male of his age from Roanoke County that you know, has these truths. I believe in democracy. I think this should be whatever else, but it's also, he has this other side to him that he might not even entirely be aware of or how it looks when you pass legislation like this. Well, yeah, he's not passing this. Well, or or, 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 or attempt to pass legislation like this. Okay. Well, We'll monitor. We'll see how this, um, we'll, we're going to, we're going to have a little celebration when it gets passed by indefinitely. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, when is the, uh, when is the Virginia primaries anyway? I don't know. I don't know why I'm changing the subject. It's just hitting my head. Is it March? Um, oh, for city council or for, um, uh, presidential. I don't know. I don't don't know why I'm on March. Yes. March. March. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just totally missed the question. What? Uh, we're, we've moved we on did, to presidential primary. Yeah, so we took it March, March, yeah, March the third. March the third. March the third. Okay. Well, thank you. thank you, Karen. You're welcome. Yeah, all right. Well, let's move forward to um, wrapping this up. Um, I guess um, I've been um, looking at um, things going on this week. We've been away for a while, um, so I know we have plenty things to talk about as we look forward to. So um, I'm going to start. I always start with the ladies. You know, I'm just the Southern gentleman that I am. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. You are. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you, Robert. You, Thank you. are. Good Lord. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um, do we have? Oh. Okay. So um, let's um, wrap this up by saying, what do you look forward to this week? So we're... Um, we're, um, I'm looking forward to the bus. Um, we're, we're going to Richmond. So we're going to, on Martin Luther King Day, we're taking a bus to Richmond. And um, we're going to, supposedly, the governor um, and everyone is going to, is working with the state police to clear out the, um, the possibly armed, but maybe less, fewer guns now um, that the guns have been banned at the Capitol, um, on the Capitol grounds for the actual event um, out of, you know, a, a public safety emergency. So um, 
I'm going to, so we'll be going in the afternoon. So, and then they should be gone. They should be out of there. So we'll see. I'm looking forward, but also like slightly nervous to see what happens. I mean, I don't think that them showing up, you know, given with how it'll look and how it'll feel is going to be a good feel for people. So I think that they're inadvertent advocates for my side. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't necessarily appreciate their advocacy, but (laughs) you know. The inadvertent advocates should also be heard. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to write a whole post about inadvertent <laughs> advocates because that's that's good. That's really good. So that's on Monday. Yeah. Okay. So. Karen? So I'm about to plug a whole bunch of stuff because, because it's Dr. King's birthday weekend. There are a lot of ways to kind of celebrate his life and legacy and just looking forward to... Um, Looking forward to Saturday, Floyd County is having, I think, their third annual MLK celebration, which I think is going to be really wonderful. Go Floyd. Um, Yeah, it's at 10 o'clock. That's going to be at Floyd County High School. Um, So looking forward to that. Um, Reverend William Lee is going to be their guest speaker. Unity Choir is going to sing. Um, That event is really amazing. It's this joint coalition of people that are putting it on, so that's really exciting. Um, On Sunday, my branch of the NAACP, the Montgomery County Rafford City Floyd branch, will be celebrating his life at 3 o'clock p.m. at Schaefer Memorial Baptist Church in Christiansburg. You can come to that. On Monday, if you are not going to Richmond on the bus with Catherine, you can come to the MLK brunch that will be um, hosted by Virginia Tech um, Inclusion and Diversity and um, another organization where keynote speaker will be our own Robert Jeffrey. Woo! And that will be... No, I'm excited. I'm excited. (laughs) So that'll be from noon to two. We'll post um, links on our Facebook and all that good stuff for that. And then on Tuesday, when Catherine leaves... um, after Catherine leaves on Monday for gun af- gun reform advocacy, the Virginia State Conference of the NACP, we will have our legislative yes. lobby day on Tuesday, Tuesday. Um, 7.30. Anyone interested can contact me. Um, we have people coming, legislators and the administration coming to speak with us. Um, so I think it's going to be a really full, informative day. Um so looking forward to that. So just lots of things going on, lots of ways to commemorate Dr. King, lots of ways to advocate. So the next couple of days will be really, really full. Okay, great. And good. Will? I am excited about um, whether we see we if the Senate can be fair and partial mm. uh, in the next coming days, weeks. Um, apparently, I guess the, the articles of impeachment are probably going to get sent over to the Senate today. Um, so that should be interesting. Uh, again, it's one of those, I think everyone, despite how you feel about the president should look how this is handled and wonder Mm -hmm. if this is actually justice or not, or if, uh, if getting a fair shake, um, also means that, uh, people are partial and unbiased about things. Um, so I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, the, the, was it the, uh, Parnas? Was that his name? The general Ukrainian gentleman who got arrested oh. for our Russian gentleman for mm-hmm. funneling all the money to Trump and mm-hmm. good stuff. He's um, got lots of stuff. A lot of those documents are coming out, including um, basically surveillance on one of our ambassadors. Yeah. Um, Doesn't so, all the texts kind of imply that they were going to like hurt her? 
And then she had to leave Ukraine very suddenly. You know, you don't turn your cell phone, computer, and every other way that people can track you off unless you probably feel like something bad is going to happen to you if you don't. So, I don't know. I don't know enough uh, about that aspect of it. I just know that there's a lot of things in that document that I think are going to play into the impeachment hearings in the Senate. And um, I don't know, man. This is one of those times where... I've been watching that. Uh, if you get, did you guys see that Frontline uh, Nation Divided documentary series that they did, or the two part series that they did on? It's basically how we get from um, George W. Bush to, to Trump, or the end of George W. Bush and uh, through the Obama era to, to Donald uh. Trump. And it's extremely interesting um, and, and, and very impartial. And I encourage everyone to, you can watch it anywhere online for free. Um, but it is one of those things where it's like, if you, it doesn't matter if you're Obama, it doesn't matter if you're Trump, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican, a Libertarian, a, a, a Socialist Democrat, if you persist down certain paths and you allow certain things to happen, it inevitably is going to come tumbling down on all of us, including and not limited to holding people accountable in power. So when we talk about petty stuff, let's just, since we're talking about Obama and Bush <laughs> and pettiness, I just have to rewind everything to the ultimate petty, which was birtherism. Birtherism oh, and that yeah. you lie—that mm-hmm. was—that was, that was should... ultimate petty, petty, petty. And mm-hmm. I think, and so for me, Suterline, I feel like is trying. I mean, obviously, it's a little hard to say. Trish was not um, born here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you should, you should, but it's the same move. Yeah, you should definitely watch this series. There's a, there's a very interesting part about Sarah Palin in there, yeah. and about Ooh. her kind of uh, her forms of of, of fake truths. Mm-hmm. Um, and nationalism that gives rise to someone exactly like Trump. Interesting. Well, well, Catherine, maybe we need to have a segment um, for petty, <laughs> petty segment. We can discuss all the petty things that are happening. We might. We'll, we'll put that in the mix one day. I'm going to come up with some petty legislation to compete for my side, <laughs> my petty side. Legislation. <laughs> Thank you. Well, um, I, I look forward to this week um, again. This is going to be a fun feel. Um, well, not fun. Well, some some ways will be fun, but really advocating um, and talking about the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, I think it's important to do that. Um, also, uh, thank you, Karen, for the plug. You're uh, welcome. I really appreciate that. I look forward to speaking um, and talking about the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, it's always good to talk about good people. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I'll be honored to do that. And I, I appreciate uh, the Office of Minority Affairs at Virginia Tech to to invite me to do that. Uh, one thing that I look, um, an announcement, I, did you mention the annual MLK Breakfast sponsored by oh, North Carolina a and I did not. Uh, I believe it's at the Hotel Roanoke. It, it is. It's it at is. Hotel Roanoke. So um, I'm going to have a fun-filled day. I'm going to, I guess, attend the breakfast and then travel to Virginia Tech. Uh, well, not Virginia, Rafford, actually. Yeah, it's, it's going to be in Rafford, yeah. Rafford. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I'll be traveling. Or Fairlawn. I'm sorry. It's going to be in Fairlawn, okay. not Rafford. Yeah, so we'll be doing that. But um, one thing There's I did, a distinction. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we've got our dis- detailed Montgomery well, County. Yeah. Well, Karen, Karen is the queen of Montgomery New River County Valley. Expert. So she knows everything about New River Valley. I do. But one last thing I do want to point out. Um, uh, last uh, This past Tuesday, um, the Durham bus... Um, oh. There was a there was a vote 
from the workers to to create a union, which um, I believe the vote came in 43 to 161 or something like that, yeah. and not in um, favor, no. to unionize, which... Um, it's it's it, to me it's sad. I don't want to go in detail. Maybe this is a subject we'll talk later. Yeah. But I was really saddened to hear that they did not do this, especially with all the things that was going Agreed. on, yeah. uh, the pay and the conditions and uh, the organization of it. Um, there was a lot of issues that that um, and a lot of issues that need to be discussed and could have been worked out if they came together and unionized the group but you know the employees spoke now there's some there are always conspiracies of why that you know, those numbers didn't go up in favor of it. and again we don't have too much time to talk about but, it here. i mean it's neoliberalism yeah well i don't want to go because that's, that's another <laughs> yeah. 15 yeah. minutes of podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's another 15 sorry, minutes that'll, of take, podcast that'll take one whole day that's yeah. a whole one day yeah. maybe we'll talk about that but i was saddened by that because i believe that um it, 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 I, I'm just saying that people doesn't really under. I don't know if some people do or they don't understand the the influence they could have had yeah. uh, being involved as right. a union. So, but I I wanted to mention that. So thank you guys. I really appreciate all of you for our our weekly podcast. And um, yeah, will you have some closing remarks or anything? Oh no, I mean you know. I, it doesn't surprise me about the same time this happened with the, with yeah. the unionization. Yeah. Um, we got ranked the lowest in the United States yeah. for workers' rights right. and, oh, okay. and, 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 and being a, a place that's friendly to workers. And right. it all goes back to, again, that sort of neoliberalism, idealism, mm-hmm. and um, directly tied to what is it, we're right to work state. Right. And just, you know, to mention there's legislation forward right now about repealing right to work. And then there's all kinds of things that go with that. And I think just thinking about the legacy of Dr. King, having fair wages, um, having a living wage, um, making sure that your work conditions are good and proper and all that stuff really kind of goes in to to all of this. So. Okay. So, well, yeah. you know, I definitely work for a company, a uh, nameless company, that <laughs> the CEO made over $5,000 an hour and was unwilling to bump pay of the factory workers up a dollar to get more people in, even though we were short-staffed. Wow. wow. Yeah. Those are the types of things that are unreal. And when we talk about, and I'm not going to get on my Christ rampage and go into <laughs> yeah. that, but, I, I, but sometimes I need to. When we talk about loving our neighbors, and living the life that Jesus has called us to do, are we doing that? For people who say that they're Christians, are we doing that? And when we oppose people being able to work and live, we are not loving our neighbors. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Um, He put a smack down on the money changers. Oh, he He, kicked uh, them out. He was angry. (laughs) When we think about it, the only time Jesus was angry was when? When turn the flip the tables on them. It. That's the only time he was angry. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you guys. I appreciate that, and I'm, I'm, I didn't mean to delay the fact about this uh, this vote, but I really was disturbed by that. I actually thought it was a slam dunk. 
I, I had thought it, but I, it should have been. Yeah, I began, but there were some tactics involved. It should have been, but we every day we vote against our own interest. We do. That's what happens. Yeah, we get we convinced do. that mm-hmm. that that somebody else is going to get a little bigger slice. I mean, the whole point of collective organizing right. is that every you know. Mm-hmm. To get a more, e- everyone gets a more equal, slightly bigger slice. Or and that then, we should be grateful yeah. to uh, have to sacrifice time with our families and real health care and all the things that a, that a company should provide for a job. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you guys. Thank you again. And thank you for listening to Our Voices, Our Community, presented by Colors VA Magazine. Today's episode is sponsored by Crandall & Cott, Attorney at Law. You can also listen to us each Sunday at 3 p.m. on WROE 95.7 Radio Free Roanoke. If you like what you heard today, leave us a review. Also, be sure to like Our Voices, Our Community on Facebook. Thank you and have a blessed day.